0: Jazzies and you're listening to the
1: Euro Trip Podcast. Hi, I'm and you're watching Euro Trips.
0: Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips Podcast. We are back once again as we go through all things European football. I am your host, Andy, as per ever. I am joined by our usuals. I'm joined by Jonathan, Naeem, and Ryan. How are you, boys? All
2: good. Good, good thank you.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. It's um Obviously Champions League is back now They had Champions League last week And we are having again this week And we will go through that More with you later on But We will head to the domestic leagues first So the first league We're we're heading to this week Is all things happening in Spain So Naeem What's been happening in La Liga The last seven days?
3: Right yeah So not too much Over the weekend But I'm just going to quickly touch on um, So obviously in the podcast before um, Before we finished I did mention Atletico Madrid They were taking on Levante at home um, it was a game that I did not expect Levante to win. They actually went out one 0 winners against Atletico Madrid. In the first half, they pretty much outplayed them. Atletico Madrid didn't have any shots on target. Um, to put into perspective, before this weekend, um, Atletico Madrid, you know they they got they got a win in their previous game, but. Obviously, this game, they, they lost the game. But Levante, they're a team that have conceded 50 goals in the league and Atletico Madrid couldn't score one past them. So, that was that was a pretty big shot because I was adamant that Atletico Madrid would win that game. So, they lost that game. It was one of their games in hand, um, Atletico Madrid. But starting on the first game this weekend, Elche, they took on Rayo Valicano. They went out 2-1 winners in the end. Villarreal... They took on Granada away from home. Dan Juma got a hat-trick in the game with Moy Gomez. He scored in the 96th minute to make it 4-1. As I mentioned, Atletico Madrid, they took on Osasuna away in a game where they went out 3-0 winners. Goal of the game was um, arguably Luis Suarez. From about 40 yards out. He spotted a keeper off his line and you know what Suarez would do. took the shot and he went in, so it was a good um, goal there. Um, Angel Correa, he rounded off the scoring in the 89th minute. Um, He's been in good goal-scoring form this season. I believe he is Atletico Madrid's top goal-scorer this season. Cadiz, uh, they took on Getafe in in a game that ended 1-1. Not too much happened there. Real Madrid, they took on Deportivo, a team struggling to survive in the league. It would, in a game in the first half where everybody had had a few chances, I thought it was going to end up like their previous home game. But in the end, they scored three goals in the second half thanks to Asensio, Vinicius Jr. and a penalty from Karim Benzema. Espanyol, they took on Sevilla um, in a game that Espanyol pretty much did dominate. They did have the better chances, but Sevilla did go up 1-0 in the first half thanks to Rafa Mir. Before, in this five minutes into the second half, Espanyol scored, thanks to Sergi D- D- Dada. But Joel Kunde he was sent off with a straight red after he was fouled, but his reaction to getting fouled um, cost him a red card, so he'll miss the next game, which I believe is against Real Betis, e, so and the derby game there. So, let's see what happens in that one. Valencia, they took on Barcelona. Um, Bamiang, he got his first hat-trick for uh, Barcelona uh, for his first start in the league. Um, his hat-trick goal, it, 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 Pedri did have a shot from outside of the box, but it kind of just took a little flick off his head and they obviously gave it to Aubameyang and obviously Pedri got the assist. And I don't really know why, but it is what it is, I guess. So yeah, they rounded it down, off 4-1 winners in a game where Valencia did have two goals ruled off of One was offside and the other one, the ball did go out um, before, uh, obviously the play finished for the goal. Real Betis, they took on Mallorca and they won 2-1, thanks to a late penalty from William Jose. Second to last game was Athletic Club, they took on Real Sociedad and they um, went out 4-0 winners in the end, scoring all their goals in the second half. And then the last game last night was Celta Vigo. They took on Levante and they did go up 1-0 up in the 67th minute thanks to Franco Servi before Roger Marti scored an 82nd minute to get a point for Levante. So not much has really changed in the table. Again, Levante, they still remain rock bottom. They are now nine points from safety after getting four points in the last two games. Deportivo, they are 20th. Sorry, not 20th. Sorry, they're they're 19th with 20 points. Same with Cadiz, they're on eight, um, 18th with 20 points as well. And in sixth place is Villarreal. They are now three points behind Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid are on 42 points, same with Barcelona, who are in fourth spot. Third place remains Real Betis with a four-point gap from Barcelona. Sevilla, after dropping point, uh, dropping point away to Espanyol, they're on 51 points, and Real Madrid they still remain top with 57 points. So Sevilla did have the chance to make it four points the gap, but it's um, still it's still um, six points they are behind them now. So yeah, not too much, not too many shocks did happen apart from that Atletico Madrid game last midweek. Um, I'll quickly go through the top goal scorers so far this season. So in the top five, we've got Benzema, who is on 18 goals. Vinicius Junior, who's on 13 goals. Raul de Thomas of Espanyol is on 13 goals. Hossolu of Deportivo, team fighting relegation, has got 12, 12 goals. And Juanmi has got 12 goals for Real Betis. So yeah, that's a quick roundup of what's happened in the league of the last week.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned, obviously, Atletico's lost to Levante. Yeah, That's um, all that they had. Also, they allowed 50 goals this year, um, Levante have, and they still managed to beat Atletico, who, um, obviously, we mentioned before that they've conceded more goals already this league season than they have before in any season than the Simeone in the league. So it is worrying times for them. i actually just published an article the last this year, the last hour mm. previewing the game tomorrow. And, um, yeah, I was going through their defence and how bad it's been and how much of a dip Jan Oblak has made, has had this year. Well, well. I heard,
3: yeah, sorry. But I, um, I heard that they're going to be playing five at the back tomorrow at Madrid. So.
0: Yeah, I saw that as well. They, there's, talk, there's talk they're not even going to start Suarez. They're going to, he's going to be on the bench, they said as well. So it's, um, I think, it's, it's good to, to, to see you. his tactics.
3: That that's it. Um, well, it should be a good game, but it could either be a board draw or it's just going to be full of loads of goals because both teams are open as it is anyway. So I'm looking forward to that one tomorrow, and then, yeah, hopefully Athletic Madrid bounce back and beat United.
0: Yeah, I, I actually it might be my article I did predict one-one. I think it's going to be a terrible game for monaco I don't think it's. Going <laughs> to be. I think just know what is like and you yeah. how their season's gone and how they played and the ranking. I just I just don't think they're going to. I think Manu. I think for me, and the more like a team to win out the two. But um, I, I just think that the way that plays and the, what they're saying, what I'm playing five at the back. Um, I can just see him being his usual self and really frustrating Man United and, and getting maybe a goal. And I think you know Ronaldo's so clinical even now. Like if you if you're you allowing him just to be in a box and score goals, he can still do that for you. So I think yeah, I'm going go for one one. I I think will be it will be Ronaldo goal. Um, one final thing. Uh, one quick stat about that La Liga. Um, Bamiyam's hat trick, by the way, was well, one of the worst hat tricks I've seen. I mean, the, the first goal was good, but the second goal was a tap in, and the third goal was just pure luck. But he is the first player of this century to score a hat trick in League in Bundesliga, the Premier League, and La Liga. So that's a fun fact. All you people still doing the pub quizzes, all Zoom quizzes, uh, that's a good, fun sport question for you there.
3: Um, and Sorry, uh, before, you, before before I um you finish finish off that section, um I forgot to mention the last time Abou and did play at the Mustaya did get a hat trick for Arsenal. So that's another fact for you to throw out there.
0: Say that again, Zoe.
3: So the last time Bang Dioum did play in the Mustaya, uh, obviously it was back in Unai Emery's oh, season, yeah, yeah right. he got a hat
0: trick there. Yeah, so ah, okay, that was a bit
3: that was a better hat trick. This one was a bit more shoddy, but like, fair yeah. play,
0: to you, mate, man. Was that in that horrible sort of navy and maroon sort of colour? Is that the one I'm thinking of? When yeah, that, that yeah. horrible kit you had?
3: Oh, right, what was like? A bluey? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah,
0: that? I think it was like bluey sort of either brownie or maroon like that Yeah, that. I think it was. It was really I thought it was a horrible kit. But um, <laughs> obviously you mentioned we Bundesliga. Obviously the Dortmund, team that played in, that plays in Bundesliga, that he played for. Um, so we'll head to Germany next, and we'll head to Jonathan. Um, so yeah, what's been happening these last seven days in the Bundesliga, John?
1: Well, for this weekend's games, it started out on Friday night with Mainz against Leverkusen, actually a great game. Mainz won 3-2, to a lot of great goals from both sides. I don't think Leverkusen supporters should be too concerned with the result, um, but they should be worried about Patrick Schick. Uh, he injured his calf and was forced out in the second half. It looks like he's going to be up for at least a couple of weeks, which is very worrisome for them. But, you know, Leverkusen aren't fighting for those Top two, um, top two seeds there with Dortmund and Bayern. They're sort of looking for that three four, just gunning for the Champions League. And Mainz is a pretty good side in the top half of the table as well. But that uh, Patrick Schick entry does not look good as he's, you know, in such great form at the moment. Freiburg beat Augsburg two to one. Uh, Nils Peterson was awarded his first start of the season. Peterson is the Bundesliga's all-time record holder for goals off the bench. I think he's on thirty-one or or something insane at this point and he's known to only need one touch um, It was a diagonal ball from Nico Schlatter back across to the right side of the pitch to Roland Shalai He had a great little quick cross in there and Nils Peterson just put another one away So in his first start he of course has another goal um, guys just seems to be ageless and doesn't even need to do it off the bench and, and still is, is able to do big things when given the chance to start. It was great to see Jonathan Schmidt, Johnny Schmidt, back starting. Uh, there were some reports a couple months ago he had a terrible case of COVID. And some people were saying that he may never return to football again because it hit him so badly. But to see him actually start um, was really great to see. You know, Of course, Freiburg bought Hugo C. Kett, um, this winter window for four and a half million dollars, which is very unlike Freiburg who don't really like to spend it all in the winter window. So, you know, it seemed like they felt that Johnny Schmidt may not be able to return. So now they have three right backs at their disposal. has yet to really see um, the field, but he could be one for the future. And man, Nico Schlauerbeck is just so, so good. If Dorman can add him this summer, him and Suley on the back line would greatly improve their chances for next season. Hoffenheim beat Wolfsburg two to one. This pretty much sums up Wolfsburg's season. Uh, they created a lot of chances in the first half. I really like Jonas Wind, uh, their winter edition for 12 million, sort of that Vout veghorst horse replacement. He had a really great good goal. He could have put away even a couple more as well, but that Max Kruse, Jonas Wind, new link of play, breathes you know, some fresh air into this Wolfsburg's side that's that's felt a little stale for these last few months but they were just beaten by a better club um david rom you know him swinging in balls from the left side is you know you can't really stop him he was just brought over from firth this past summer and and hoffenheim have loved what they've seen they actually already extended his contract a couple of weeks back until 2026 which is how much they liked him um so also really blew this one they had a chance to steal a point in the end but couldn't put away a couple of chances that they were able to create for themselves, and it's another loss yet again for Wolfsburg. Armenia beat Union Berlin 1-0. Armenia had a really good stretch of games um, in recent times, and Union have gone in the opposite direction. They've fallen into ninth. That's three straight losses now. They were you know, looking at that fourth spot in the Champions League. Now it's looking pretty unlikely for them. And Bielefeld, I pegged them to go down as one of the couple teams before the season, but they're looking like, they're staying up. They have enough offensive talent, um, and they've been winning these close games instead of tying them, which is exactly what a team like Armenia needs to do. Stuttgart beat Bochum, or excuse me, they tied Bochum 1-1 because of a terrible penalty given away by Konstantinos Mavropanos um, on Poulter in the 93rd minute. Um, you know, it looked like Mavropanos went for the ball. He didn't realize Stephen Poulter was right there. Uh, forced a penalty, and Stuttgart just threw away a couple of points. Um, to only take one point away from that game to a mediocre Bochum side is not what Stuttgart needs, especially in a relegation battle. Uh, Cologne beat Frankfurt 1-0. Anthony Modest strikes again. He's, he's been really in form these last couple of months from Cologne, who, after narrowly escaping relegation last season, have really turned things around and are looking up at the table now. Um, Interesting contract extension, 38-year-old Makoto Hasabe probably butchered that, definitely did, Um, but he's been on Frankfurt for a while now, so their contract extension is a little interesting. His playing contract is now until 2023, but his contract is actually until 2027, as they have him in a coaching role starting after his playing career ends in 2023, um, which is a very interesting contract, but... I guess they see him as one of the futures in their system. There, Byron beat Firth four to one. Alfonso Davies is still out. Um, who knows when he'll be back? But it's you know sad to see him off the pitch, and there's really no timetable on his return. He's dealing with some sort of major health issue. So hope he feels better soon. Um, a really funny first goal from Firth. You know, it was a little lucky, but. You know, in the end, it was funny hearing the announcer saying, oh my gosh, you know, first up 1-0 on Bayern, but we all knew that wasn't going to last long. Lewandowski had a double, and and Benjamin Pavard's really been playing better, faced a lot of criticism, and it still does. People saying, oh, he's not a right back. He can't play in that position for Bayern, and, you know, sometimes he doesn't. They switch to sort of a back three. Um, He can play a little bit more in the middle of the pitch, but um, he's been really creating a lot of chances for Bayern recently. Dortmund, Beat Gladbach 6 0. All I have here is Marco Royce. Two goals, three assists, put on a show. Could have had three goals. Um, Emery Tron took the penalty at the end. Not sure why they didn't give it to Royce, but um, great game from him, especially without Holland. Uh, it really, really sucked to see Giorena go off. It was his first start since August. So that's five or so months ago. And was injured. 27 minutes in looks like a hamstring. So hopefully it's not extremely serious, but you know, to spend that much time away. You come back, you know, and, and just that short amount of time on the pitch and you're already out again, you know, it looked like he was crying walking off the pitch. So tough for the 19 year old, but hopefully uh, he returns soon. Finally, Leipzig beat Hertha six, one Gold's galore. It was sort of a questionable red card for Hertha, um, but Leipzig took advantage and Christopher and was so, so good. And I'll keep saying that every single week. That won't change anytime soon. It was really interesting. Benjamin Heinrichs and Nordin Mukiljee, two right-backs both started, um, and it worked out for Leipzig. But, you know, earlier in the season, they were sort of battling for who's going to start with that right-back spot. Heinrichs wasn't happy. I thought Leipzig were going to move him in the winter window, but he's now picked up a couple of starts now and, and seems to be going well, again, for Leipzig, who are moving up the table and look set to secure one of those Champions League places. Bayern in the Champions League 1-1 to Salzburg. Uh, Dortmund had a terrible loss to Rangers 4-2. It's just pretty much unacceptable. Uh, Leipzig tied to Real Sociedad 2-2. And some good news for the Bundesliga. They're returning to full stadiums starting March 17th. So still got to wait a couple of weeks. But at least there's a date. At least we know we're returning to full full stadiums. And um, of course, Bundesliga 2, I just want to mention, unbelievable title race, uh, five teams within two points of each other, and some great, great teams down there too, so if you want to watch some passionate football, go down and see the Bundesliga 2, and yeah, that's what's been going on in the last week in Germany.
0: Um, I want to ask you, Jonathan, about this. Um, Looking at, obviously, Lewandowski is, I believe, 8 clear second place Patrick Schick in terms of the top goal scoring rate. Halland third was 16, Modest's fourth is 15. Um Lewandowski has now, well, he's now set if he where he's going, he's gonna get another you know, golden boot in Bundesliga. That'll be his sixth in eight seasons, his fourth in a row. It seems like every year it's always him. I guess, the top scorer in, in Germany. Um I really this is a question I'm not I'm not asking to prepare, but I wanted to get it from you, Jonathan. Um, which player do you think is most likely to um, next get the golden boot in Germany that is in
1: Lewandowski? I love Patrick Schick. Ever since, um, you know, this past summer, he's been on an absolute heater. I don't know what's gotten into him. And, uh, you know, if he's had this injury, he'll be out a couple of weeks. But um, I think he's got that Leverkusen contract until 2025. He's been moved around so much in his career thus far. So hopefully Leverkusen... You know, won't sell him to some bigger club and keep him around at least for another season or two, especially if Holland leaves this summer, which is looking likely. Um, and you know, there's obviously still the chance that Lewandowski leaves this summer, which you know some reports were floating around before the season started. Uh, I think Patrick Schick could take over. He's still young enough, and he sticks around for a couple of years. I do like Schick to sort of be that next guy, and, and maybe he'll end up at Bayern too in a couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, knowing Bayern's record, it, it would not shock me if they go out and get, you know, the, the best striker that's available in Germany, um, obviously if Hallen leaves as well. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Lewandowski, you can't really hate him. I don't think anyone's really annoyed that he's top scorer. But, yeah, I think, you know, it'd be nice to see someone else get it one year, you know. But, um,
1: yeah, yeah we'll I see. mean, it fits, it fits the build for who, um, for who Bayern wants, the, you know, Patrick Schick is sort of Eastern Europe striker, Lewandowski vibes, tall. Um, I don't know. Sort of the same thing. Yeah, we'll see. And where where he goes, who will know?
0: Um, Now, the next league we're focusing on is the Premier League, which is where I come in. Um, In terms of the results on the weekend, um, the the weekend started off on a Saturday lunchtime as West Ham and Newcastle drew 1-1. Craig Dawson scored in back-to-back games. He scored the opener before Joe Willock scored a... um, rather weird equaliser. Uh, Arsenal beat Brentford 2-1 with goals from Neil Smith-Rowe and Mikai um, Saka before Christian Norgard cost me four points on FPL. Um, Wofford got an away win at Aston Villa, which is another loss for Stephen Gerald's team. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis got back on the scoring sheet with a 1-0 win. Um, and in the one of the more shocking results of the weekend, Burnley got a 3-0 win away at Brighton. Uh, goals from Josh Brownhill, a new signing, Verkost, and Aaron Lennon rolled back the years in a 3 0 win for Burnley. Uh, Chelsea took until late on in the game to win their game at Palace in a 1 0 win at Southhurst Park, with Hakim Ziyech getting the late winner, with Romelu Lukaku now infamously getting seven touches in the whole game. Luis Diaz got his first goal for Liverpool as they won 3-1 at Norwich. They went behind originally with Rashika get the opener for Norwich before goals from Mah- uh, Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane and Luis Diaz give Liverpool all three points. And then the other game at three o'clock, saw Southampton beat Everton 2-0 with goals from Armstrong and Shane Long. But the biggest result of the weekend saw Spurs beat Matati 3-2 at the Etihad. Um, New signing Kudasewski scored the opener four minutes into the game before a mistake from Lloris gave Gundogan the chance to equalise. Harry Kane gave him a 2-1 lead before Riyad Mare scored a 92nd minute equaliser. We all thought that was it. And then Harry Kane popped up with the winner in the 95th minute. Sadly for me, I've watched a lot of games this year. The one game I miss happened to be this one, and I miss an absolute worldie. So maybe I should miss games more often if they're going to be like that. Um, and then Sunday, we saw another good game, as Man U beat Leeds 4-2. It's a two-nil lead through Maguire and Bruno Fernandes in the first half, before two quick-fire goals from Rodrigo and substitute Rafinha uh, brought Leeds back level, before two more goals came from um, Fred and um, Elanga. Interesting fact on Fred, before I do carry on with the results, he actually has more league goals this year than Lionel Messi, which is um, not something I'd ever thought I'd be saying. Um, and in the other game, saw Wolves beat Leicester 2-1. Um, goals from Ruben Nevers, Adam Alukman and um meant it was a 2-1, 2-1 win for Wolves and Leicester's struggles continue with Brendan Rodgers now seemingly even more. Um, in danger of the sack. Um, there are some games this week. A lot of um, midweek. There are lots of, sort of rearranged games after all the COVID affected games. So tomorrow, or today, when the podcast is released tomorrow, being today, if you're listening to it, uh, Burnley play Spurs, Watford play Palace, and Liverpool play Leeds before a Thursday night game between Arsenal and Wolves. Quite a big game if you think of the top four hands. Um, I also going back to Man United. There was a study that's been announced today. There was a study that the Athletic conducted. Um, asking Man U fans a lot of questions, and they asked him many things. So the first thing they said, um, so 55% of fans don't want Ronaldo at Man U next season. 58% of fans want Eric Ten Hag as their manager next season. 61% want Harry Maguire dropped from the Man United starting 11. 57% want Bruno Fernandez as captain of Man U next season. Um, 55% do not want Man United to extend Pogba's contract. And finally, 59% believe that Ralph Racknick is doing a good job at Man United, which makes no sense considering that they want Ten Hag as well. Um, What are your boys' thoughts on these? Just just whilst I'm on the matter, do you agree with these? Do you think any of them are a bit low or high? What are your thoughts on these um, votes I've just given you?
2: I mean, I think they can all be agreed with, to be honest with you, because Harry Maguire has been poor all season, so he should be dropped. Um, whether, I don't think Bruno Fernandes is captain material but I don't... That's know. what I
0: thought, yeah I thought if they're going to give captain to anyone, if he stays I think Ronaldo is probably the obvious candidate for captaincy, but if Ronaldo does leave like the reports are saying, if they don't make top 4 I'm trying to think who else they've got probably David De Gea is probably the best, best bet he's been there a long time, he announced the other day that he feels like he's a Manchester person now, he feels like he wants to stay there for the rest of his career, so I think David De Gea for me would be the obvious candidate um, but I don't know what you boys think of that
2: um, it's quite rare, though, isn't it? That you actually see a goalkeeper as as yeah, as, who, as, as, a, as a
0: captain. Who we had that we've had? Obviously, Luis is recent captain for Spurs at the moment. We've had Casillas back in the day, Luis for France as well. Um, I think
2: I think it only really goes to a goalkeeper if it's if it's a keeper that's been there
0: for yeah.
2: a very very long time. Um, I can't remember if Oliver Kahn was was captain of Bayern. Um, when he was there for yeah, he Spurs.
0: might have been actually. Yeah, he but, might have been.
2: I mean, like I say, there is no, there aren't really that many obvious candidates, as you say, at United. And I would be surprised if they got Ten Hag. I don't think, I don't know why he would want it. But although they are arguably the second or third biggest club in the world, the state that they're in, I don't really, I think he would, I think he'd get better offers, to be honest with you, if he waits a little bit longer, to be honest. I think PSG job could, become available sooner rather than later. Maybe even Pochettino goes to United and Ten Hag goes to PSG maybe, but um, I, can't, I can't argue with any of those, to be honest. I don't think Ronaldo should stay there. He's not, you know, he's, he's, he's popped up with a few goals in, in, in some important games, but he, wasn't, he hasn't affected things as much as they thought, and they're paying him probably silly money a week, and it's, it's quite evident that he's Divided dressing room, I think. That's what the reports were anyway, although mm, yeah. you know, yeah, a few of them who start coming out saying that. That's not true, but uh, yeah, I could I think personally he should sort of move on now, either maybe go back to sport in Lisbon and finish his career there, or go to the MLS, maybe, or something like that. You never know, but I think his time in Europe I think is probably done, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. That obviously there's these two big signings in the summer, both, you know, Messi going to PSG, Ronaldo going to Manny. I think Ronaldo's done it right, but Messi's not been that great at PSG uh, because P- you sign these players for the names. But we all, I think everyone, we've completely forgot when these players sign that they are old. They're like 36, 35, Messi, Ronaldo. So they're not young. And I think no matter how good you are, no matter how good anyone is, everyone at some point has a sell-by date and everyone at some point has that point where they decline and, you know, I think if if you bought Ronaldo and he wasn't the, the Ronaldo we all know and he was just a, a regular guy they bought from, I don't know, Real Betis or Valencia or, uh, I don't know, Freiburg or something like that and he came in and scored the gold rather than he was getting you probably think yeah, that's a good signing but I think comparing that to what he's been throughout his career obviously is a massive decline and I think that uh, we all need to remember that these players are, they're not, they're not young anymore, they are old so I think there are they were, at some point they were going to decline. And I think we are seeing it, I think especially with Messi, and I think also, I think we are seeing some sort of decline from Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo's probably a bit, got a bit more in than Messi. I think Ronaldo's still got more to give than Messi. I think Messi looks more more, I don't know, he has these moments now and again, but he just isn't the same player anymore. Naim um, and Jonathan, what are your thoughts on, on what I just said about the Athletics' um,
1: votes? Yeah, well, first you're... of all, I, I heard you say Freiburg with mentioned in the same sentence as Cristiano Ronaldo, so I'm, I'm <laughs> very intrigued. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so that that'll be on the top of Freiburg's transfer list this summer. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure they can afford him, so it shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, I, I think Oliver Kahn was the captain. I don't, I'm not sure for how long at Bayern Munich, but for for quite some time, I could see. Um, you know, I, I just don't think Ronaldo is going to be around for that for that much longer. Especially if you have a new coach like Ten Hag come in, um, and Ronaldo's is going to, you know, 37, 38. Um, so I, I don't see really any point in giving him the captaincy. I could see David de Gea, or I, I, I don't even know. But I guess I don't even mind giving it to a to a goalkeeper. He has been there for quite some time, and this season he's, you know, clearly bounced back and shown that he's still one of the top keepers in the world.
0: And Naeem, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so Maguire, uh, he
3: he should be strict of the captaincy. He's he's an average footballer at best. I've never he's alright, he's good for England, but playing in a back four, he does get exposed time and time again. He's he's just not he's not really a leader to be fair. He just seems like he's just kinda of there, sort of thing. Um Bruno Fernandez Um I guess I guess you could give him the captaincy because And he's been there what for about two years now. Um, He's had a good impact, um, obviously goals and assist wise. I can't really think of anyone else in that club that can be a captain really, because most of the other players that have been there for a good while, they're not really they don't really strike as leaders. Um, And with Ronaldo, yeah, I think I think he should he should like Ryan said, I think he should just go back to Portugal. Um, he'll, he'll He'll score loads of goals in that league and. I think, just, I think he should just think about retiring soon because yeah, he still gets goals, but his overall game now is it's, all it is is the scoring goals now. So it, it, in the Premier League, you need to kind of offer more than scoring goals um, if you're not if you're not really doing anything else. So and what was the other one you said? Um, was, was it just there was
0: Fernandes being captain? There Was Pogba's exte- contract being extended? There was Rafnik Guga. Google. Doing a good job, um, and that was there was Ten Hag at Manu and that was it. I think.
3: I think um, if he's doing an all right job, like you know, it's it's not really hard to do better than what Oli was doing. But <laughs> he, <laughs> he, yeah, they seem to. Although they do, they, they have been conceding goals. Yeah, they do seem to, you know, just keep grinding out results um, at the moment. But I, I reckon, I reckon Potch might go there. To be fair, I think. I don't think PSG will do too much in the Champions League. I know they did beat Real Madrid one nil, but Real Madrid were awful in that game, and it's only a one nil lead at at the moment. So I reckon he will go to um, Man United because with Ten Hag, it needs to be a proper. It, I I think he'd he'd probably suit Man City more because they're a bit more they're they're more stable at at the moment, and he's more of like a project manager. So. If he does go to United, it's not going to be a quick fix. It will. It will take. It will take a, probably about a season or two to you know get get the players in he wants and you know get that style of play. Um, he's been playing with Ajax and like obviously with the Dutch league, it's it's not to the same level level as obviously the five leagues that we cover. No no disrespect to obviously any Dutch listeners there, but so it'll be it'll be kind of a big jump for him to to take because obviously he's only managed in um in the Netherlands. So yeah. Um, I reckon yeah Poch would probably go there and Ragnar's doing an alright job
0: yeah I see well, sticking with you Naim just because you're the Spanish expert I saw a, um, a lot of talk that Madrid and Manu are fighting for getting Poch in next season but we're to top of the league in the Liga I, I, I'm surprised they'd want to get rid of Ancelotti is it just because of the Champions League or why would they want to get rid of um, Ancelotti Naim
3: yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, really, because like he's doing it. He like he came back. He obviously he managed them before. He won the Champions League with them. Um, so he he didn't do too much at Everton. He obviously went straight back to Real Madrid. You know, he got them top of the table. Um, they they, well, they only bought in two players in the summer, so he, they haven't really backed him as such. But with Pochettino, you know, he hasn't really won anything worth of note. So it's a bit of a weird one for him to like jump from PSG to Real Madrid because. He, <laughs> It just depends what they. they I think he, um, if they do in the Champions League. Really, M- maybe they they the game um, the other week obviously against PSG. They they saw something in Poch that they could um, see long term with um, um, at Real Madrid. So uh, I, th- I think Antoloi would be kind of hard done by if if they do get rid of him off this season. But because he's doing a, he's doing a good enough job with, what, with the team he's got. Um, because obviously they're going to probably get Mbappe in the summer. They're probably get to have a centre um, mid. And obviously, Pogba's um, obviously out of contract. They'll be a good to get him. They've been linked with Tuchemeny as well. So, I I, 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 I can see Poch going coming back to England um, rather than going to Spain. But you know, we'll see, man.
0: And what were you going to say, Ryan?
2: Now I was just going to say we need to get Rafael Van Der Vaart on here to give his thoughts on Harry Maguire. <laughs>
0: Why is that? I feel like I've passed oh, it.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, afterwards, just just Google it and you 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 understand why.
0: <laughs> right? Okay, I'll um check that out while we yeah. speak. Um, quick question, quick quick quiz question for you all. I want to ask you today. Um, something I've seen online the last couple of days. So, out of the five leagues we cover, which one of the five leagues has got the most goals scored and the narrowest margin between first and second place? Any guesses?
3: Serie A. Yeah, I'm going to Serie A. Yeah. Italy, Syria,
0: yeah. Yes, Serie A is correct. They've had they've got the lowest points gap, two points, six-point gap in La Liga. Uh, Bundesliga's got six points, as is Premier League. And Liga has 13, Whereas goal goals scored. The bottom of the five is La Liga with 6 5 Bundesliga has 6-5-1. Premier League has 6-8-5 goals. That Ligue 1 has six eight six, whereas Syria is way ahead with seven four nine, and that is a lovely segue to our final league, which is Syria. <laughs> so, Ryan, what's been happening the last seven days in Italy?
2: Well, <clears throat> we went into the weekend off the back of Inter losing in the Champions League to Liverpool. Napoli they nicked the draw at Barcelona after an absolute shocking performance from Ferlan Torres. I don't know if anybody else watched that game, but he was. Dyer up front for Barcelona. He missed about four or five chances for him. Yep. Wasn't very good at all. He got absolutely done as well in the press afterwards. But it's what it is. Um, Atalanta, they came from behind to beat Olympiacos. And Lazio, they lost 2-1 to Porto. The Italian team still in European competitions this season. But last weekend, well, the league leaders, Milan... Had a fairly simple away day to the bottom of the league, Salernitana, or so it seemed, as the Salerno side managed to actually grab a 2-2 draw. Seeing Milan drop points in the title race, and now you might be thinking oh, we must have a new league leader. We don't, <laughs> because the <laughs> second place in her they lost at home 2-0 to Sassuolo. Shout out to Giacomo Raspadori and Gianluca Scamacca, who have both been on fire. This season, with Raspadori contributing to twelve goals, including assists, in twenty-five games, and Skamaka scoring ten in twenty-four, might not scream you know that exciting. But for a, a team like Cesaro, that's not a bad record at all, at all. And it's no wonder that these two players are being linked with a few, fair few clubs in the summer. But surely, with the two at the top dropping points, Napoli would take advantage. No. They could only manage a 1-1 draw last night away to Cagliari, and they needed an 87th minute Victor Osimhen equaliser to do that. Now, this is getting silly, because surely Juventus <laughs> on a Friday night won the game. <laughs> no, they didn't. They played Torino in the Chilean derby, and after Matthias Delict put the old lady ahead, Andrea Bellotti, who is not apparently good enough AC Milan, Equalised for Torino, who played very, very well in that game. Arguably should have won it. Especially their Brazilian centre-back, Bremer, Who, when he got home, would have chucked his keys, wallet and Dusan Vlahovic on the table. Out (laughs) of his pocket. Because he absolutely dominated him. From the first minute to probably about the 67th when Vlahovic was pulled off. So after all that, only one team in the top eight won at the weekend's. And that was Fiorentina, who got a big, big result at home to Atalanta. Because Lazio, they drew 1 1 to Udinese. They were missing a fair few key players, though. Roma, they drew 2 2 with Verona in a game that saw the ever petulant Jose Mourinho sent off for booting the ball into the stands because a decision didn't go his way. Now facing a 2 to 3 match touchline ban, will he ever learn? Probably not. But, yeah, and a a wild weekend of results. Not many people have probably expected the majority of those. And, like I say, it's really blew the league apart now, to be honest. As I say, there's still three, four, five teams (laughs) that could still go down.
0: (laughs) So sorry, sorry, I've just seen seen Randevart. I I googled Randevart and (laughs) (laughs) McQuire.
2: He's, uh, I don't think he's going to be welcome at United anytime soon. But no.
0: well, maybe uh, they uh, might agree with him. But um, that's <laughs> hilarious. Sorry. Go back to what you're saying, Ryan. Apologies.
2: No, like I say, it's not. You know, the the league's still up for grabs. You got the title. You know, Milan in uh, Napoli are all obviously fighting for. I think Juve. Although I said a few weeks ago that like, they couldn't be ruled out. I am going to rule them out now because they're no better than the others at the moment they're not consistent enough for me to to go on and win it even with the signers that they made in january and like I say, the top eight at the moment you couldn't you couldn't, I, I I would give a lot of money to someone who would be able to accurately predict every single position because I'd, there's just no telling you know one team might play extremely well one week. The next week they might lose hideously, a bit like Borussia Dortmund at the moment, but it's just mad at the moment with the results that we're getting. And you know, in terms of player statistics, not much really changed because Chiro Mobile, he was out for Lazio at the weekend. As I say, Vlahovic didn't do anything, so not much has changed in that respect, but yeah, it's it's getting very tasty with I think about 11 to 12 games left to be played but at the moment I would say Milan are in the driving seat although and they still have that game in hand they're just I don't know they've just gone off the boil a little bit lately and but to be fair against Liverpool they played really really well mm. and arguably probably should have got at least a draw if not a win they missed so many opportunities mm. especially yeah. the Martinez who had a really poor game um hasn't been his season to be honest. He's had so many good seasons over the last couple of years, but this year he hasn't really been that up to it, especially in the last few months as well. Um, not really sure why that is. I think him and Lukaku are desperately missing each other. You mentioned hmm. Lukaku earlier, who's definitely um, in with a shout of my prediction of being the worst sign of the season.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, I'd like to say that I'm. A guard for him, but I'm not. <laughs> 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 That's oh
0: yeah. It. But yeah. Um, right. Before we go, we're going to just have a quick chat about all things Champions League. So there were four games on last week, which saw PSG win one nil at Real Madrid, and Man City win a five nil away from home at Sporting Lisbon. Before the aforementioned two 0 win for Liverpool at Inter Milan. And um, a 1-1 draw for Bayern Munich away to Salzburg, which was 1-0 to Salzburg for most of the game until a last-minute equaliser, um, I believe it was from um, Kingsley Coman, who got the equaliser. So, in terms of this week, we have games on literally in the next half an hour, which obviously will be done by the time this podcast comes out, which are between Chelsea and Lille and Villarreal against Juventus before finally tomorrow's, the final lot of games, see Let's Go Madrid face Man United. And Benfica play Ajax. So, um, just a quick preview on all the them. We'll try not to be too long because we have been on this podcast for at least 40 minutes. But Chelsea, Lille, do any of you see anything but a, a Chelsea win? Do any Do any of you feel that Lille can get a shock here? Or do you think, like myself, this is is going to be a one-sided affair?
1: Now that um, Lukaku, it looks like he's been dropped to the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I think the, teams uh,
0: are out, the teams are out, aren't they? teams are out.
1: yeah. All right, I think Chelsea are going to win simply because Lukaku isn't starting. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what did he? What did he have last last week? What he, he had two two touches in the first half. What was that statistic? Yeah, oh,
0: it was seven touches um, in well, the, no. in the entire game. It was <laughs> absolutely man.
1: Seven touches. Oh my god, that's incredible. That's so good. <laughs>
0: the
3: goalkeeper probably had more touches than that, didn't they? Probably did. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> the worst
0: thing is one of those seven is him doing the
2: kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I don't think it'll be one-sided. A little, a little, a little, they've been good this season, especially lately. And I think mm. if Alex was here, I think he'd probably say something similar. So I think Chelsea will win, but I think it'll only be something like 1-0, maybe 2-0. Um don't think they'll absolutely dominate the game though And what about
0: you, Nae?
3: Yeah, I think Chelsea, they'll win they'll probably control the game, but yeah it just be like a narrow 1-0, 2-0 win I reckon um, yeah, they're not the greatest for teams to watch, so I'm not going to be watching that match, I'll probably watch Villarreal um, Juventus, that might be a bit more entertaining so yeah, I think Chelsea will just narrowly win it, um, it's not a little while good team anyway, but yeah Chelsea, they don't really concede much do they so yeah, 1-2-0 or 2-0, I reckon
0: I reckon 3 0. Personally, I think we'll see goals from Rudiger. We'll see a goal from Ziyech. He's in good form. And then maybe Havertz or Pulisic will get the other one. Um, you mentioned Villarreal Juventus. Um, for me, this game, I think, not that I watch either team enough, but from what I've seen from the form table, I don't know. I think Juventus are in a good bit of form right now, from what I've seen. So I'm going to go for Juventus. Going to go for a 2 1 win for Juventus. Uh, Jonathan, what, what are you think of this game?
1: Um I like a first goal in the Champions League, so I'm gonna go two nil. I know I'll go two I'll go two one as well, but I think Vlahovic definitely scores. And then Ryan and um nine?
2: Uh, it's, it, it's genuinely could be a fifty fifty game, because uva again they're not Consistent enough for me. Um, just because they're in my accumulator, I'm going to say Juve will win one 0
0: <laughs> 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 uh, What do you think, Na'im?
2: I'm gonna
3: I'm gonna back Villarreal. To be fair, um, they, uh, they do concede, they do concede, but they have been scoring quite a lot um, lately. So yeah, I think they, I think they win two one. I reckon. Um, yeah, I want to go two one Villarreal. <laughs>
2: Could be it could be high scoring because yeah. both both teams are poor defensively as well. But one thing as well I wanted to actually ask Andy is um where hopefully will the Champions League final be moved to this year?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't want to mention it too much because it's um something something that really scares me about this whole potential thing, potential yeah. World War Three. But um I, there's Obviously, this talk, isn't there, that um, Wembley might, might get the final, which I feel like whenever anything gets moved, they always mention Wembley. Whenever there's talk yeah. of Istanbul getting moved the 2020, there's talk of Wembley then, there's talk of Wembley last year. So Wembley always seems to be the one that everyone goes to. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love it in Wembley, personally. Okay. I, mean, um, I don't know whether i mentioned this story before on the podcast, but um, I don't know whether I even told you guys, probably have um, many times, but I... So I used to work um, behind the bar at the Millennium Stadium, or p- now called Principality Stadium, which is normally host to um, Welsh rugby games. But they hosted the 2016 Champions League final. Now, because I worked there for many years, I um, was meant to be working behind the bar as a, t- as a team, as a t- team leader for this team. And UEFA had this one requirement, which wasn't a requirement for any of the rugby games, that um, you had to bring your passport. And I was in Southampton seeing friends, and I. Forgot my passport, basically, so I miss out on the chance to watch Champions League final. Because if you're a team leader with this job, you it, it was so much easier to go out and and uh, watch watch the game. So, um, so I I miss my chance to go watch it all for free. But um, so I'm hoping that it comes back to UK soon, so I can uh, even even just be around the stadium on the day of it, um, or or even go to the game. And I I happily pay the 400 quid or more to go and see it. So, in terms of our YouTube channel. That'd be a big plus if they do it in in Wembley. That would be a great.
2: Um... I mean, I'd be surprised if they moved it to Wembley just because that same weekend you've got the League Two playoff final scheduled, uh, yeah, as well as another final as well mm. for an English competition that weekend. So, I personally, I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not bothered if it goes to Wembley because I've been to Wembley enough times, and I don't think although it'd be in this country, I'd rather see it either in a different stadium in this country or it goes somewhere else in in, in Europe. But I think they're waiting at the moment to obviously see how the situation unfolds and then perhaps see, like they did last year, see which two teams make the final. But even then, because it it was going to go to Wembley last year, it was for Chelsea-Man City, but Mm. because of COVID, we couldn't have it. So uh, it went to Porto, so... Maybe if it's you know a Spanish club or something, we could see it go to the Bernabeu or uh, the Camp Nou or something like that. I don't know.
0: Maybe they'll go. Maybe they'll play it at the Walks. Um, maybe they'll play it there. That stadium will never host anything. <laughs> 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 what of is? Um, I forgot where we were now. Oh yeah, Champions League. That was it. Um, so obviously tomorrow we mentioned it before, but Atletico play Manu. I've already mentioned my score prediction of 1-1. Um, what are you guys feeling for this game about what the result will be?
3: <sighs> mm. I, think, I think United will probably win, to be fair.
0: Uh, nah, nah, nah. Mm, I don't know, actually. Bit...
3: I'm going to say 0-0. Yeah,
0: nil, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that was a score.
3: I'm going to go, because both teams are, teams are open, I'm going to go with a two, 2-2 two draw, I reckon, yeah.
0: And then
1: Jonathan... 1-0 Atletico. 1-0 Atletico.
0: Nice. I mean, I hate both of these teams. I I I wish they both went out. I wish I wish I just had like you know, them two go out and then two of either Benfica and Ajax or two of Villarreal. I I wish they both went out to be honest. But um, yeah. sadly, hopefully, the winner, the winner will get knocked out the next round. Um, the final game which is a bit of a probably the least exciting game out of all of them we've had in this opening eight games is Benfica Ajax. Um, now again. Um, judging by the win probability, they're saying Ajax has the edge by 5%. Um, no, actually, no. They're saying Benfica's chance is to 21%. A draw is 24%. And a win for Ajax is 55%, despite being playing in Benfica. So for that reason, I'm going to go for Ajax purely, because I've never I've not watched really either team this season. I know you boys have saw him play uh, with a new 3-0 against Sporting Lisbon, so you guys have got more experience than I have. Um, so I'm going to go for a... Uh 2-0 no Ajax or something like that. Um we'll go to you boys first as you went to the stadium and saw them play this season. Um what are you thinking about this game?
2: I mean I dis I I disagree. I think it out of these four fixtures this week, I think it'll be the most exciting game. Just simply because you don't I mean Ajax are without a doubt the favourites, just because they've been in great form, especially in the Champions League, especially haller up front. But Benfica definitely aren't to be underestimated although they were absolutely dismal when we went to watch them
1: yep
2: Uh, they were up against obviously a a really informed sporting team at the time so but then again they haven't really improved even lately so I I I think Ajax will win I think it'll be to Neil Ajax yeah
3: um, obviously Ajax I think they're the they're the only team in the Champions League. T- oh no, Liverpool won all their games, sorry.
0: Um Good math for mentioning that, thank you.
3: <laughs> I, I, I think my facts right there. Um yeah, I think I think Ajax will edge it. They they've been good they've been good so far in Europe. You know, they they had sport in Lisbon in their group, funny enough. Um and I know they topped the group. But yeah, I reckon they will edge it two one. Um Benfica don't usually do too well in Europe these days. So yeah, I'm gonna go two one, Ajax win. I think Haller will probably get another goal. I think in good form in Europe so far this season
1: and then Jonathan I've got Ajax 4-2 greatest Champions League goal scorer of all time Sebastian Haller with a hat trick <laughs>
0: fair play, <laughs> fair play. Um, before we go a new segment to the podcast that I'm starting this week is who am I so I'm going to give you a quote from the week of football from a, a footballing personality all you got to do is guess the person so this person said I'd follow on their social media. After arguing with him about whether to watch Scream or Sing 2, I finally won. Sing 2 was brilliant. Who am I? Any guesses? Wayne Rooney. <laughs> Naeem, Jonathan, what, what are your guesses for this? Um, oh.
3: <laughs> mm. I got a Scooby-Doo.
0: No, No, you gotta say
3: something. Someone, yeah. You gotta have an answer. There's definitely someone that's got a missus
0: or something. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire, right, okay. And no? Oh. You you gotta say someone, just think of anyone.
1: um, Harry
3: Kane, I don't
0: know. The answer is Roy Keane. Roy (laughs) Keane. Oh my god. So I was thinking about Roy Keane. <laughs> yeah, you put a picture of him and his—I um, don't know whether it's nephew, whether it's his grandson or his so. I, it's um, um, but yeah, it's a picture of him drinking a Coca-Cola in a cinema with with this child next to him, and he mentions watching Sing 2. So, um, <laughs> not Absolutely. that you think Roy Keane would be saying?
1: Nope. <laughs> I thought I, go. was gonna I was going to say Roy Keane. I was going to say him because I was like, "That's—I want trying to choose someone who's." the least likely it would be and then I just thought of Harry Maguire but oh my yeah God.
0: I don't believe you Jonathan I don't believe you thought of <laughs> <laughs> I promise I promise <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that has been our podcast for this week so thank you everyone for tuning in we will be back next week for more European football action and hopefully with Alex alongside us next week as well um, but yeah this has been our podcast I have been your host Andy this has been Jonathan this has been Ryan this has been Naeem and we will see you next time
2: can